How to Create a Glitch Monologue Season 15 Chapter 4 This is Season 15 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues Episode 4. In this episode, we will be talking about how power structures impose non-consensual realities. In previous episodes we talked about how reality may be consensual or non-consensual depending upon whether force is used to compel cooperation. This distinction is an important one because non-consensual realities are inconsistent with one's consciously held self-attributions. Now, in another episode we talked about how non-consensual realities may also be imposed by coercion, or by removing privileges further to a social contract. These two principles draw into the analysis the social economy and social contracts. With this episode, we would like to talk about how power structures operate within non-consensual realities. First of all, often when action is compelled, either as an act or an omission, it occurs within a non-consensual reality. Consensual realities are only maintained when social contracts compel action further to the original social contract. In that case, the consent is inferred from the contractual exchange. Likewise, the state as a whole maintains a social contract with this, which enables it to strip away privileges for non-compliance with its terms. Nevertheless, force actors empowered by the state to act in violation of our consent, may also impose a non-consensual reality further to their monopoly on force. So, as an example, within a court process, in a common law jurisdiction, Judges have circumscribed powers to impose a judgment or order in certain circumstances. Often, only when cooperation has broken down and the parties cannot agree will the judge impose an order. The general rule then is the consent of the governed and our court system reflects this. In that context, our consensual reality extends into the halls of power generating a social contract or financial contract as a result. But, when two parties cannot agree the judge is empowered to impose an order against their consent. This act is one of violence, fundamentally, because it imposes a non-consensual reality upon the parties. All of this is important because, when things are zero-sum, when a non-consensual space is created, the result is a system based upon the logic of violence. And this imposition fundamentally peels away the contractual elements of the state to its bare monopoly on force. Likewise, in a non-consensual reality, the underlying principles of the system are substitution and displacement, polarity, conservation and union. Essentially what I am saying is that the moment you enter a non-consensual reality, everyone becomes a force actor, and the conditions or operations follow these four principles. For example, if you were to say invade the space of another in this context, the result would be displacement and substitution. So let's say the person whose space you invaded was thinking about what they would order from the cafeteria that day for lunch. It just so happens they want a tuna sandwich. Your displacement of that thought might result in you unconsciously purchasing a tuna sandwich for lunch that day. Having reviewed the podcast entitled Consensual and Non-Consensual Realities from last week, I now realize that I may have given the impression that I was talking about sexual activity. But the four principles describing non-consensual realities require only arousal. When a force actor invades the physical territoriality of another, that doesn't mean sexuality, it means arousal or tension. 
The purpose of explaining consensual and non-consensual realities was to demonstrate how these two forms of reality coexist within our perceptions and how they function and operate. And how do they operate? Those with higher social standing in a closed social system have the power to impose a non-consensual reality on others. They do this through their authority to revoke privileges and impose force. The existence of constitutional conditions on those powers ultimately reflects the limits on where and when and why the non-consensual is restricted. Social status arises sometimes out of role or archetype, but most often it results from confidence wages made in a non-consensual reality. For example, let's say two people are playing chicken with their vehicles. They both want to drive in the middle of the road. Neither is willing to give in. The winner of the contest will be the person who makes the correct prediction regarding when the other person turns away with his vehicle. Status is ultimately determined by a correct wager in a non-consensual reality. As another example, two individuals are fighting over a prize or award. The winner correctly predicts that he can accomplish the feat faster and win the award. His confidence wager is correct and he obtains status. In youth especially, people often try to stretch the limits of what they are capable of. The purpose of this activity is to perfect their ability to predict others' behavior and to bring that behavior under their control. The focus of this is the acquisition of confidence through wages. The result is the ability to stretch their consensual reality. In conclusion, intersections are consensual in a consensual reality. They occur further to our self-attributions which hide our shadow self. Intersections are displacing in a non-consensual reality. They occur further to a progressive change in our identity further to the exposed shadow self. So the next time you stand before a judge, realize that the power to compel your action is not just the power to take away privileges or physically compel you to do something, it is the power to impose a non-consensual reality upon you, from which you may never escape. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, Please like, comment and subscribe.